The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am your co-host, DC Marshall. I'm the founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage. Uh, I'm a Wall Street alum and most recently named top WBE CEOs. And I am here with my co-host, Mita. I'm Mita Malik. I'm a business leader, a DEI executive, and most importantly, a working mother. Yes. And here's the deal, everybody. Mita and I, we started this podcast because we wanted to be able to talk about and spill the tea on all things women of color in business and in the workplace Um, from my perspective as a Black woman. And from Mita's perspective, um, she'll share her views from a South Asian woman. And so we're not only going to talk about it because we essentially moved our private conversations to the podcast, but we want to leave you with tips not only to survive in where you are, but how do you thrive as a women of color. So Mita, what are we talking about today? Yes, let's get to it. Today, we are going to be talking about how to navigate going from being the office pet to the office threat. And I know so many of us have been through this. And as Dee and I like to give credit where credit is due, it is not a term that we coined, but it is the associate dean of the University of Georgia, who actually coined this back in 2013. And she did really a lot of research around how this phenomenon affects in particular Black women. But we want to unpack this here at the Brown Table, D and I sharing some of our stories, unpacking the juicy details, and leaving you with those five key takeaways. And so, D, I have a story to share, maybe a story that uh, you remember, probably. You have a lot of stories, but please share. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, D has been on this journey with me as I have in many spaces and places gone from being the office pet to the office threat. So, here's my story. I'm in a really big job, six months into it, and I have been asked to present to the top 200 people in the company at a leadership offsite. And so, I'm doing what we all do. I am just in it preparing, 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 going to give it all my all, get on stage. It's an hour and a half program moment. And you know when you've killed it, when the CEO is waiting for you outside the ladies' room and tells you, amazing, he's on his way to the airport. He sends me another note. I have leaders coming up to me. That was amazing. So one week later, I'm in my boss's office, former boss, And the feedback is as follows about that moment on stage. Mita, I don't know if you realize this, but at your level, you're not supposed to be that good. You are not supposed to be that good. And so do you have a phrase that you've coined called dating the representative, which I know you'll share more about. But I literally didn't know how to respond to that. And I'll tell you, that is one of the many red flags that started to show up in the relationship, in the dynamics, working for this individual, when slowly over time, somehow I just became a threat and all I was doing was being me, showing up and putting points on the board. 
I don't even know what to say. I stunned you, Dee. I like never stun you. I stunned you. you, uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think I'm hung up on the comment. You're not supposed to be this good. Now, I've heard the story before, but I'm going to tell you it hit me in a different way. And I feel like we can just dissect this statement and everything that this means. So was it you're not supposed to be this good as a woman? So for everyone, every woman listening now as a woman, was it that you're not supposed to be this good? Or is it as a woman of color, you're not supposed to be this good? As a South Asian woman, you're not supposed to be this good? And darn that Kamala Harris that she's proven, right? (laughs) I had to throw that in there, um, right? Or Madam are Vice you not, President, right? Madam Vice President, uh, and uh, yeah, forgive the dis. Yeah, I have to say, Madam Vice President, is it that for your position, right? You're not supposed to be this good, or coming from where you come from, are you not supposed to be this good? So there's so much behind. You're not supposed to be that good. And can I tell you what showed up differently, Mita? And I don't think we talked about this because this piece. That means then you should level me up to my rightful position. Yes, I agree. Um, I'm not supposed to be this good for this VP role or this role that you have me in. So why don't you go ahead and promote me then now? So thank you for acknowledging. How about that's a different view, Mita? Do you see the lens of that? Like, oh, I'm glad you acknowledge that, right? So I feel like this piece is for allies. Like that comment, is one of the most sexist, racist ever to say you're not supposed to be that good because it implies that my bar for you and my belief in you and your value was not that high. I know you just unpacked it, but I think for our allies listening on your journey, some might, again, think this is a compliment. And I will tell you in that moment... I felt like I had literally been punched in the stomach. And I was like, is this a compliment? I can't tell. But who, what do you say to someone who says, but that's that's actually a compliment. What he's saying is, you're not supposed to be that good at your level. Isn't that a compliment to you? No, I'm, but I love that you always ask the question. I love this. And so I'm going to respond to and speak to the allies. So yes, it sounds good, but this is where I forever believe that allies have an opportunity to disrupt their thinking and to acknowledge that I have a blind spot, right? Even though it sounds good to me, it sounds good to me as a white cisgender male, right? Because that person is a white cisgender male. And so just acknowledging I have bias and I have a blinder, it's a compliment, I believe, but as a, for her as a South Asian woman or her as a woman, her as a Latina, her as a Native American, her as a Black woman, that may not be a compliment. So always leaving room and not being so having such ego or big ego to know that my way is the way. And that's for allies who really want to get it. That's for, but it's also an opportunity for leaders because leaders now have not just the opportunity, but the necessity to lead through a multicultural lens. And so I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I just can't get behind or just, oh my goodness. But yeah, so so for the person who thinks that that's a compliment, it's not. And like I said, if you just go to, okay, wait, let me rethink because I'm thinking through my lens, but because this is a woman, a woman of color, let me rethink that and pause 
So yeah, and it would have been better to say, Mita, you did an amazing job. Don't say you did an amazing job or you're not supposed to be that good. Just how about, let's let's just do the reframe right now. I know we're going to have tips later, but the reframe, you did an amazing job. Mita, you killed it. That's it. That's what you say now. But that was a white cisgender male. That was a white cisgender male. And just, just leaders now are having to learn and really level up as leaders. That's what I'm going to say. Or it's going to cost them. It's very costly to make these mistakes right now. Hey, you, I'm Andrew Seaman. Do you want a new job or do you want to move forward in your career? Well, you should listen to my weekly show called Get Hired with Andrew Seaman. We talk about it all and it's waiting for you. Yes, you, wherever you get your podcasts. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. Dee, help me understand this, because you've helped me over the years, and I know people listening can use this advice, is that I walk into an organization, they know who I am, they know my worth, they have hired me for my expertise and the value I bring to the table. And I'm just being me. I'm putting points on the board, you're paying me to do the work. And all of a sudden, I am becoming a threat, especially when I talk about that experience that I share. And as you know, how with every single day and week and month that passed, that just intensified. It's almost like, I will say, from a cultural lens, the stereotype of being a South Asian woman, they expect me to be quiet. They expect me to be submissive. They expect me to be really good at math and write all the models and be the deck writer and be behind the scenes and not use my voice because that is the stereotype that you might have of me when you see me and then all of a sudden I show up and I'm not that stereotype and you can't handle it. So help us. What, why does this happen? I feel like it's my story. It's your story. It's so many women of color listening. It's our stories. Yeah. I think it's because of that experience with the manager who said, you're not supposed to be that good. I think it's because we look good on paper. You look good on paper. In theory, this all sounds good. But the encounter with you was, you know, short, right? And they probably underestimated your presence of now when you are in the space and you take up space and you're in the room and you're speaking out and it's every day, it makes them uncomfortable because again, their expectation and their bar was so much lower. But to be in the room with you, I would say and this is true for a lot of uh, Black women, we say this all the time, if you're in the room with us and you're not secure in yourself, you're going to feel uncomfortable. And so for you, I mean, Misa, you know, I shared your presence is is gigantic, ginormous, right? And and your value is is that. So people are stuck in those stereotypes of, of South Asian women and not knowing you are so not the stereotype. So yeah, I think it's I think it's that. It's a low expectation of us. And I think you hit on something really interesting that I just thought about is like, well, servant leadership is about serving others. And I am not threatened by those on my team. If I lift them up, I lift all of us up. If they shine, we shine. 
And so back to those leaders who are listening and the allies, if you've brought a woman of color into your organization who are you, you are mentoring, and then you move to sponsoring her, again, to what you said, what is it that makes you uncomfortable? What is it that you're not secure about in yourself that you all of a sudden see this individual as a threat? I think that's powerful. And I think the blind spot is also there's a wonderful opportunity for allies to really align and continue to support, even if the mentee or the protege surpasses you. Like, I I do think there's an opportunity to align. So if I was a white cisgender male, you know, part of the, the case, if you will, the business case even, is to align and support and amplify and echo and sponsor women of color. It could Because you're going to win if you have, not just on your team, a woman of color, but really, you know, in your network, right? We need each other. We need each other. And so the value for majority population, if you have a woman of color, again, in your network, you're, you're going to win because you're going to have additional perspective or, or I should say a unique perspective, right? You, you now have cognitive diversity. You now, when you have a Mita Malik on or in your network, you see through a different lens, right? You have access and visibility. You know, you, I, and I think about this and, and I meant to share this on one of our other podcasts and I forgot. You know, Mita, your value is not just thought leader and contributor to those majors and like LinkedIn top voice and then like Fortune Forbes and all of that. But I remember the time where you were invited to offer, render an opinion. Can I say this? Go for it, To like Congress, like to the DNI subcommittee, literally because of your value. And so let me connect it back and then I'll give this back to back over to you. So I want to connect the the dots for allies and for our listeners, right? For allies, you want that person on your team or in your network because she now has access where you may not have access, right? If you are not the ally here, but you're a woman of color, we're just connecting the dots for your competitive advantage. So I feel like, let's see, are we on script here? Where where are we now, Mita? Bring us back. Okay. Well, listen, to those listening, Dee is not my publicist. And she is just an amazing example of how we lift each other up. And you are so kind. But Dee, I want to bring it back to women of color who are listening to the podcast. We've talked to some of our allies who are listening. What are the signs? What are the signs when you can see that you are all of a sudden, you were the office pet, you were brought in to lead this big division or the special project or lead this acquisition. And all of a sudden, something's not right. And you are going to threat. And sometimes we start to question ourselves. They didn't really mean to keep me off that meeting. Oh, that was a mistake. Or, oh, well, I wasn't on that press release, which is another podcast for another time. Listen to that one. But, you know, would it tell us, like, what are the things that we should start noticing when we feel like there's a shift in the landscape? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think start noticing, I mean, you called out the first, it's being conveniently left out of, of conversations and meetings and such. So, so that would be, that would be one, you know, I want to go to another really big one. And that is, this is probably going to trump them all. It's like not being invited to, let's say enterprise wide initiatives but actually restructures, I've seen restructures, 
meaning for an executive, wherever you may be, you may be in a highly visible space and all of a sudden there's a restructure and then you're in another space that isn't as visible and looks like a lateral or a realignment that doesn't level you up. And here's why I hone in on this, because some people may say, well, D, that's how restructures go. And I would say, no, for high-level leaders who really get it, they will hold the space for you. They they will sponsor you. Women, in fact, isn't there the saying, there's a place in hell for women who don't also hold each other up? So if there's a woman leader who's leading and somehow they're part of a restructure, I've seen this in financial services, right? I know I'm I'm all over the place, but I want to give you this real quick. I've seen in financial services a black woman retire and didn't backfill, didn't do appropriate secession planning to backfill with a woman of color. And she had the opportunity. So I know you were asking me, like, what are some of the signs? These would be some of the signs. So either uh, not advocating for uh, you, right? And so almost like, a, you know, the ceiling is kind of closing in, uh, not amplifying your voice, not creating opportunities. I feel like that restructure and, and not positioning are probably some of the major ones. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense, Mita? It does. I did not think about the restructuring because all of a sudden you're the threat and you are restructured to another part of the company where you're not as visible or you're seen as less of a threat. That is a really good one. And lateral. Yes. And lateral. Lateral. So you're offered, you're going for a promotion and then you're offered a lateral. Like what? No more laterals. For women of color, done. Done. I'm sorry. We're not at tips. Deal. Laterals are no longer acceptable. No more laterals. The other one I will tell you, which we will talk about in an upcoming podcast, is when you are suddenly labeled a poor performer, right? You were the office pet. You went to them the office threat. And then all of a sudden, Mita's difficult. She's not taking feedback well. She's not delivering things on time in full. All of a sudden, I was a great performer four weeks ago. And then now all of a sudden, because I'm a threat, the narrative becomes I am a poor performer. And the add to the poor performer, the feedback is when the CEO, like just in your example, the CEO goes to the manager and says, I want to promote Mita. And the manager says, she's not ready yet. That's another one. That's a flag. They will tell the next level, oh, I'm not sure she's ready yet. She's not ready yet. All right. And so now let's just get down to the tips, right? So what does this mean for you? You know, if you're a woman of color in in the workplace now, how do you thrive in an organization where you're having these experiences? Number one, always, always be building allies across your organization. In fact, I like to say, don't be relationship skinny. Uh, One of my coaches, Angelie Gruer, she always talks about, do you never want to be relationship skinny? And That means having a single relationship with your reporting up structure. And I've literally coached executive women in where they're trying to transition across the organization and then getting acclimated and winning in that new position. How you win is you have to have the relationships and the allies are are, are important. Number two, 
you need allies outside of your organization. And I would say start with allies who are in industry, right? So they're outside of the organization, but they could be across industry. So that would be really important. Allies who may share or be in a similar profession, as well as uh, number three, I'm going to give you another one. Make sure you have a strong safety net outside of work Um, that you can rely on. And here is one of the things that is so powerful. So a few years ago, I was invited to open Black Enterprise Magazine, Women of Power Summit, and I was the opening speaker. And I talked about relationships and your peer network and how it is that your peer network really help to expand your network so that you have a, you know, a safety net and safety net meaning outside of the organization. And so that's number three, looking at, do you have relationships in your inner circle with others who are in other spaces? I think even Mita, right? That's our relationship to some extent. You're always bringing me in, right? You're bringing me in, you're making recommendations, you're you're always making connections. And likewise, I'm working on number three with you and for you as my friend and colleague. I'm like, when I'm on Capitol Hill, when they say, I mean, literally, Literally, when they, lawmakers, say, we want to talk about women in the workplace and they want me to share, I'm like, uh, probably for compensation or this particular topic, you need me to Malik. And what I've been able to share and point to is just Google her, she's going to come up. Or I've been able to say, she just wrote this piece for Working Mother. And so the that creates a safety net. Why and how does it create a safety net? It creates a safety net in that other people can validate your work. It's in the public domain. You have relationship beyond private sector, beyond the industry, beyond you know where you are right now. And that increases your value proposition to network for jobs, network for board seats and such. And so that's a strong safety net. Let other people see and know your genius. Mita? Absolutely. Listen, number three is this podcast and you inviting me to do this podcast with you. That is number three. Four and five. Okay, here we go. Number four, start to plot your internal move. So what are we talking about? How to navigate from going from being the office pet to the office threat. Start to navigate. If your boss is perceiving you as a threat, where else can you work in the organization? Document your successes and network, as Dee is saying, to find those other allies. And number five, Dee, I'm just going to say it. In my scenarios, in my situations where your boss finds you to be a threat, it doesn't usually end well. And so be in places where you are celebrated and not tolerated. I have come to realize that in my career. I will only be in places where I will be celebrated and not tolerated. And remember, vote with your feet. Vote with your feet and go and find that place that recognizes your values and your gifts. So D, that is one, two, three, four, and five. There we go. Well, thank you all for joining us today on the Brown Table Talk. DC Marshall, Mita Malik. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. And if you did, please give us a like, a share, a nice review. Please share it with your colleagues and we will see you next time. Thanks so much. 